0: Hello, everybody. Good morning. Just realised I haven't put my shoes back on after I took them off, so apologies if that's a bit informal. <laughs> um, I did actually once turn up to all saints to preach wearing my slippers. <laughs> it was a bit embarrassing. a bit embarrassing. Um, okay. I'm Sarah Searle. Um, my husband and I and our two boys go to the parish church. Um, I'm not an actual Anglican, so you're all right. Um, I never know what to do in there. You know Anglicans always do that peace thing. I don't know what to do. It's really awkward. And um, and I remember when I first went for communion, I didn't realise as an Anglican you're supposed to like hold your hands a certain way. I don't know. Um, it was yeah. So the whole Anglican. Well, we just go there. It's great. It's a really really good church. <laughs> um, it's really interesting. There's loads and loads of different nationalities that go there, and um, it's just really vibrant. There's something that. Um, Amazing that happens, isn't there, when there's lots of different races um, and everybody's together and really seeking God together? It's something, I don't know, it feels really exciting. I think mainly for that reason, God's doing something and it's really interesting. I think especially, this is a total tangent, but I think especially it's because none of the races are like over the other. You know, I've been to lots of churches where there's lots of um, asylum seekers, but they're like just the people we're helping out. Whereas at the parish, it feels. Um, really different. There's Iranians leading worship and there's Africans leading worship and there's Africans on the leadership and there's all different nationalities and we're all equal and it feels like a really beautiful thing that God's doing. That's a total tangent, nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Okay, so what I'm talking about is prayer. (laughs) Um, Petition specifically, you're on a series, aren't you? And Elijah talked about adoration last week. And when Elijah told me I was talking about petition, I was like, well, that's the worst one didn't want to talk about petition. But actually I ask God for loads of stuff all the time. Um and don't we all? Because petition is just asking God for our personal needs or the needs of somebody else. That is what we do all the time, isn't it? And actually that's probably the gateway into prayer for loads of us before we're even Christians. We probably just ask God for stuff when we were desperate or worried or whatever. Um I'll tell you a little bit about my kind of prayer journey. So for the last 13 years I've been a Christian It's like, it's a bit hazy I'll be a Christian when I was about 4 But then I really, really I think, surrendered my life to God When I was about 25, 26 um, And a few years after that I remember thinking I really, really want to know God's voice And uh, there'd been points in my life Where I felt like I'd heard him talk to me And lead me, but it wasn't like um, an everyday thing And I remember reading in the Bible about how his sheep will know his voice. And I thought, well, I know I'm his sheep, but I don't, I don't know his voice. And so I felt like he asked me to spend a certain amount of time every day, just praying. And let me tell you at first, that was a flipping nightmare. You know, when you're praying and you feel like you've, you know, you're like, well, okay, okay, I'm going to pray for half an hour. And then you open your eyes, it must be half an hour up now. And you're like two and a half minutes. It was like hard work, you know, um, I used to just call, it was a duty. I did it because I felt like that was asking me to do it. It was really hard work. And then over the years, and it did take like a long time, I think, that's turned into this place of delight for me. So now, I always cry when I talk about them, I'm sorry. (laughs) Now when I come into his presence, he just comes straight away. And it's really a wonderful thing. It's not a duty at all. It's totally wonderful to just sit with him and look at him. That's what we want last week, isn't it? I'll try and stop crying before I talk to him. Um, it is just a total delight to be with him. And some of that came just from getting to know him. And if there's one thing I'd ask you to remember from today, my number one top tip for not finding prayer a total nightmare is please get to know Holy Spirit. So God is, we know this, don't we? God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The three persons of the Trinity. Three, this crazy mystery, three people together making up God. We can get to know them. We can know them. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit's job is to live here with us and show us Jesus and the Father. That's what he's here for. And he loves to do that. And so... I found, I got to know Holy Spirit and I would just ask him all the time, please, can you show me Jesus? And he'd be like, have you seen his feet? I'd be like, no. <laughs> this is the first thing I remember he ever showed me. He was like, have you seen his feet? I was like, no, I haven't. And he was like, they're the most beautiful feet in the whole world. I was like, all right, and then I remember, and then he took me I was in this meeting, he just took me and showed me his feet on the cross, and I cried and cried and cried over his feet, just his feet, cried and cried and cried. And then I was like, I think I might just be going a bit mad. So can you just tell me something from the Bible that means I'm not totally crazy? And he gave me the verse, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And I was like, oh my word. Genuinely, he has the most beautiful feet in the whole world. Because he is good news. He's not just bringing it. He's good news. He is the good news. And from that point on, the Holy Spirit will just take me. He'll take me and show me something of Jesus or the Father. And it means then, I'm not sitting there. Just praying through a list of something. I start off just like looking at him and he'll show me something incredible from the Bible or just from show me by by Holy Spirit. And then when I'm in that place for a bit, I then can ask him stuff. And it's a very different experience from going through a list of things um, to sitting with him and receiving his love and knowing who he is and then bringing something to him. Okay, that was a really big introduction, I'm going to have to go really quick. <laughs> so, I think there's two things I think we can um, grab onto about petition that will really help us. The first is um, that I asked him to show me his perspective on something. So, while I'm talking about petition, maybe it would be helpful to think about something that you're asking him about at the moment. It could be something you're worried about, something you need, something you want for yourself or somebody else. But if you hold that in your mind, it'll help this be a bit more practical rather than just a vague... So when when I've got something I'm praying about, I'll ask him for his perspective on it. Um, and that often actually completely changes how I pray about it. Um, and then the second thing is, um, I know how he feels about me. I know that he totally loves me. I know that he's totally for me. And that means I can ask him anything without any kind of barriers up. And that's changed loads how I ask about stuff, especially money, weirdly, which we'll talk about a bit later. But we're going to look at those two things. So asking for his perspective and knowing how he feels about us are the two main things we want to talk about. So asking for his perspective. So often when we've got a problem... When I first started praying a lot, I used to just write write things down. Well, I couldn't concentrate. I'm a bit flitty. You might have guessed that already because I've gone off on about 47 tangents. But it helped me loads to write it down just to kind of concentrate my brain. And I used to, which is a really great place to start, I used to maybe end up spending a long time thinking about the problem and then it would become worse almost, do you know what I mean? And he'd take me out of that. But actually, it helps loads just to ask him for his perspective on it rather than, Going through it all. Um, so often, like with the kids, we've got two boys, like um, there's loads of stuff which you think, I've got no idea what I'm doing here. So they started fighting loads. Josh just turned two, but he's, he's quite big. He's got two jeans, my my family's genes. And, uh, <laughs> um, and he can really soccer punch. And so he can knock the five-year-old over already. And so they fight quite a lot. And I was like, God, what am I going to do? Da, da, da. Thinking about all these parenting things I'd read and what could I do? And he was like, just pray for peace. Well, that's a lot easier. Okay. I'm going to pray for peace. That's all I do now. We you know when I'm worried about their relationship, I just pray for peace. Um, so it simplifies things a lot. Um, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 2. Verses 11 to 15. Get there if you can. Because, I'll read this. So no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Skip forward a bit. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit taught words. So you see there, so he's saying... We speak not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit. So there's a difference, isn't there, between human wisdom and spiritual wisdom. And it goes on to talk about how often spiritual wisdom will seem foolish. It doesn't seem logical often, what God's saying or doing. But actually, to get his perspective and his wisdom on something can radically change how we feel about it. And it'll stop us banging against something that he's actually doing, if that's what's happening. Um, I spent a lot of time praying for something to change Actually he was using to do something in me Um, I think one of the kind of most dramatic times has happened Is we had a really rubbish year You know when you have those years And you just think this is just awful I don't know how we're going to get through this And afterwards you're like Just can chalk it off to a bad year But at the time it feels un, un You can't get over it at all Um, So we were in that really hard, really hard. Lots of sickness in the family and stuff was happening, death and different things. Really hard. And it just, I just couldn't, I didn't know what to do. just felt awful. And I went to this meeting. And um, at the end of the meeting, they just said, right, just just talk to Jesus. And you know sometimes when things are really hard, you um, shut your heart off because it's just easier. Either because you're really angry, so you just... Angry and your heart goes hard, or because you're just really sad, and actually to make your heart softer, mean you just cry. It would be too painful to let it out, type thing. So you can harden your heart when things are bad. So I think I'd done that just to kind of get through, you know, when things are horrible. You just go a bit hard so you can crack on and get things done. Well, that's what I'd done, I think. Anyway if i'd sat down and gone through the problem i would have been there for about 3 hours if i'd gone through everything that was a problem and asked him to fix everything one by one but what he did was he just took me it was he just broke off all of the stuff from the year before and this weight just went off my shoulders gone immediately and then he took me and he showed me this little it was like a map from lord of the rings and he said this is your life it is mapped. I'm in charge. You don't have to worry. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is what I've been worried about. I've been thinking, this is my life now. It's never going to get better. Nothing's ever going to get fixed. And he was like, I'm in charge. You don't have to worry about it. And then he took me and showed me the boys and John and I in when the boys were like teenagers and just saw this glimpse of all of us and we were laughing loads. And he said, you're so happy. And that was the absolute opposite of what I felt like at the time. And he just spoke that over us. He said, you're so happy. Right, I left that meeting. That took about five minutes. (laughs) I left that meeting completely different. Nothing had actually changed at all. (laughs) But I was totally different. And I could handle what was happening because I was looking at him and asking for his perspective and his wisdom. So then I just declared all the time. Instead of praying about all the stuff that's going on, I just declared, thank you that we're so happy. I just declared that all the time. And it was copable, do you know what I mean? Um, And of course things pass and they get better. But in the middle of it, that was what I needed to hear. Because his thoughts aren't our thoughts and his wisdom is different to our wisdom. So to ask for his perspective and his wisdom can radically change something. And then radically change how we pray about it. Um, We've, um, about 10 years ago, a bit longer 13 years ago, he asked me to stop taking a wage from my job. Um, and to kind of live by faith, that's what you call it. And, um, and so I've prayed about money a lot, still do. At the moment, we're praying for three hundred grand. If anybody's got a spare three hundred grand, it'd be really great. Um, but it, we want to start this new ministry thing, but we need this big building. So three hundred grand. Um, but he's taught me loads by um, using money. Um, I remember the first. So I'd had no wage. And then he told John to go part-time. John wasn't well-paid in the first place. He works in a drugs hostel. It's not well paid. and uh, we were like, "Okay." He gave us all these verses about provision. He gave us all about. There's nine verses. John has to be really sure before he does something. Nine verses. He said, "I think I might be saying something about giving us money." I said, oh, "What's he said?" He's got all this A4 sheet of paper with these nine. I said, like, "Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure he's saying we're going to be all right. All about provision, 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 provision." So we're like, "Okay, good to go." John cuts his hours at work. We have. <laughs> 10 pounds of our overdraft left. And we were like, I had two girls in with me at the moment who had nowhere else to live. I remember one time at tea, I like cut a moldy sweet potato in half and cooked the kind of edible bit. And I was like, what is going on? This is awful. And the next, that was like, we had no money. And the next day I was like, God, you have said you're going to provide what the heck's going on. And he was like, ring the tax office. And I was like, I don't want to in the tax office. I hate talking to people about money. And probably you're saying to me, I need to pay a tax bill. And then you'll sort of, you know, something like that's my thinking. I was like, "All right, I'm going to ring the tax office. And the tax office goes, oh, we've been trying to find you. We've got 750 quid here for you. I was like, nice one, great. And, and then the same day, our friend gave us 750 quid back that he'd owed us. So straight away, we had 1,500 quid the day after we started doing it. And so from then on, he's just done that. He's used it a lot, though, as a way of like training us to trust him. He'll take us to the point where we're like, okay, I really need this. Um, and then watching him provide... Um, has made us trust him more and more and more and more so then he's made it it can be bigger and bigger and he's also made us understand that actually money doesn't mean anything to God at all it's no more difficult for God to give us 300 grand than it is for him to give me a fiver no different it's so different so different in my head it is no different to him he can give us whatever we need whatever 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 we need um But also, it's taught me that he loves to give me stuff that I don't actually need, but I just want. Which for me was a total mind blower. Remember the first time he did it? we were wanting to go on like a little date and we had a fiver and I was like, well, this is the worst date in the world. So we'll go to Tesco's and get some, I was vegan at the time, we'll get some hummus and this will be our date. Great. Um, it was rubbish. And as we, as we were going to Tesco's, I just said to God, can you just give us 20 quid in Tesco's and we'll go out for dinner? And then I was to how am I going to get 20 quid in Tesco's? Anyway, meet this person we know. I don't, they were like an acquaintance. Somebody used to go to the church I went to. Didn't didn't tell him anything about money. I get to the till, like gloomily, beeping my hummus, and the man comes up to me and he goes, "Oh, oh um, I just thought I should give you twenty quid." I was like, "Nice one!" <laughs> threw the hummus away, went off for dinner. But like, I, this, you know, me and John didn't need to go out for dinner, did we? Absolutely not. We were fine eating some hummus. But no, God was like you know what? Yeah, go out for dinner. Have a nice time. Because he totally loves me. (laughs) Isn't that so insane? He totally loves me Um, and wants to give me good things. So that's the second thing I want to talk about. First, his perspective, his perspective. Second thing is he totally loves me. So it's fine to ask him for stuff. You know how there's like certain people in your life if you're, I don't know. Say you need some money. There's certain people who ask, and certain people you really won't, because they'll like make you feel rubbish about it. So, I'm not the best with money, and when I was growing up, I was really bad. And my sister's an accountant, so she was just born with this like money gene. It missed me, but she's got it. And growing up, um. I'd always be like, oh yeah, I'll give you that tenner for mum's present. Oh, can I just borrow five fiver or whatever? And after a while, uh, I said, oh, do I owe you any any money? She's like, I've got a spreadsheet. And it was £2,000 from like the age of me being like 14 to 19. I was like, oh, you've really kept a tally, haven't you? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I was working in a bar at the time, so my wages didn't even go into my bank account. They went directly to her for like the first two years. Um, so I don't really borrow money off Carly anymore, but but God God isn't she's so she's so generous she's not she's a bit tight but she's we're part of Scottish, so. um but she um but God isn't like that at all you can ask him for anything and he loves 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 to give it to us um. The other thing is we don't have to be good enough to get it off him. You know, sometimes we're like, if I was like a really good Christian, then I could probably ask him for stuff and he'd give it to me. But that's not true at all, right? I felt this is the main thing he wanted to say to us today. So Hebrews 4, starting verse 14. So Hebrews four fourteen It says, therefore... So before Jesus, we had to offer sacrifices to, become, to come into his presence because of our sin. So people would have to sacrifice an animal. And only the priest could actually get into the presence of God. But we could send a message with the priest and then hear a message back. And then Jesus came and he died so that that sacrifice was paid all gone. And we now have direct access. He is like our priest. We can go directly into the presence of God. And, and so, that sacrifice has been paid. I'll read a bit later on in Hebrews, Hebrews 10. Okay, starting in verse 17, he says, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been, have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Right, I know we know this. We don't have to... I hope none of you are carrying around a little lamb to kill when you need to talk to Jesus. We don't have to sacrifice anything anymore. But, even though we know that in our heads, we still act as if we have to sacrifice something often to come into his presence. Like, if I read my Bible for this long, he'll be happier with me, and then he'll be able to hear my prayer better. Even though that's not what really the logic in our head is, that's how we act sometimes, do you know what I mean? Or, as soon as we come into worship... We were suddenly reminded of that thing we did yesterday, which we knew was wrong, and we did it anyway. And I remember just the other week I was in church, and as soon as I started worshiping, this thing came up. And I was like, oh, what am I doing? And straight away I was like, well, I might as well just clock out of this worship thing because I'm not going to receive anything. What, what am I thinking? And I remember straight away God showed me. It was like a little pool next to me. Like, you know, there's little ones you walk through to go into the baths. and it was, But it was full of blood. And he went, that's what it's there for. And I was like, oh, my life, you know, it's that simple. That's what his blood's there for. I was like, right, nice one. Walk through it. Done. In. And straight away, you're in. You're into his presence. There's nothing hindering us. There's nothing in the way. We don't need to make any sacrifice for anything we've done wrong. We just have to walk through the blood. Okay, I'll carry on. So, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus... So that's what we're doing, walk through the blood to get into the presence of God by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, and listen to this, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Listen to how the message says it. The message says, so let's do it full of belief, confident that we are presentable inside and out. So we can stand before God and we are presentable to him inside and out, nothing hidden. He sees it all, we are presentable to him inside and out. There's nothing that stops him. From being with us and us being with him. From him listening to us and us listening to him. Nothing at all. Even if you have done something really bad yesterday. Just walk through the blood and that's it. We're in. There's nothing in the way at all. That bit in Hebrews 4, it says, let's walk right up to him and take the mercy, accept the help. That's the message version. Isn't that so lovely? Walk right up to him, take the mercy, accept the help. And don't we all need help? Do you know what I mean? Let's walk right up to him, take the mercy, accept the help. It's so simple, isn't it? And yet we make it so like mad in our heads. He really, 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 really loves us completely. Every fault. Every fault. Every darkest bit, he totally, totally loves us. And I remember, when he first showed me this, it blew my mind. I'm going to read to you from John 17. This is the, I'm not skipping around all over this. Is the last thing I want to say. It's all linked, this bit. So John 17. Oh, yeah, here it is. I've written it down. So this is Jesus talking to the Father about us, right? So get that in your head. This is Jesus talking to the Father. So it says, So Father, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. How mad is that? That God the Father loves us the same as he loves Jesus. How mad is that? The same. So you'd never think there'd be any gap between the Father and Jesus, would you? You'd never worry that, He wouldn't love him, wouldn't want him. Of course he would. There's no difference between how he feels about Jesus and how he feels about us. That's insane. But because of him, nothing to do with us. Nothing to do with us being good enough. Just because of him. So we've got two kids. Sam's five, Josh is two. We adopted Sam. And um, I had Josh... Birth, what do you call it? (laughs) A birth child. Um, (laughs) I should really have this talk down. (laughs) We've had Sam for five years. I shouldn't know what to call it. Anyway. Um, So I'm like, I'm an okay parent. I'm telling you God's much better. (laughs) I love Josh and Sam totally the same. I remember when I had first had Josh holding him and I was, like, breastfeeding, which I couldn't have done with Sam, obviously, and thinking, do I feel differently about him? You know, like, really looking at him. And I remember going in after I'd finished feeding Joshy to, like, look at Sam when he was asleep, which is obviously the best time to look at your kids because you're not totally annoyed with them. But um, I was, like, looking him in the face, and I was like, I feel exactly the same. It was, like, a bit of a relief to me, do you know what I mean? But, and I'm, like, an okay parent. God's, like, the best parent in the world. If he loved his adopted kids, us, less than Jesus, he'd be a bad parent, (laughs) If I, I favoured Joshy over Sam, their birthdays are like a day apart. If I gave Joshy loads of stuff and gave Sam like one measly little present, I'd be a bad parent. And God is the best dad in the world. He does not favour his birth son over his adopted children. He loves us so much, the same as Jesus. And actually, we're even more than adopted kids because he says our very... In a being, we're actually a new creation. We're birthed into His family, so it's like us adopting Sam, and suddenly somehow he has our DNA. But He loves us the same as Jesus. Now, doesn't that change how we ask for stuff? Yeah. We're not like, oh, if it's not too much trouble. Uh, I know I've been really bad lately, but no, we're absolutely in, and we're absolutely loved. So ask away. I had, I'm asking for this three hundred grand. I've got. No, I'm like, nice one. Give us a three hundred grand. Cheers. There's no begging in me. There's no worry in me. There's no concern. He's not going to hear me. He absolutely loves me. He absolutely wants me. And so ask away. Ask away. Um, Right. So let's ask for his perspective. I've absolutely no idea what time it is, am I? I Don't I? Okay. Let's ask for his perspective and wisdom. And then let's... Know how much he loves us so it's easy to just walk up to him. And and what can we ask for? Absolutely anything. Absolutely anything. He knows more about anything than anybody. So I've asked him when I've not known which car insurer to go with. And he's told me a car insurer, it was half the price of the other ones I looked at. He knows everything about everything because he's God. (laughs) Anything you're worried about, ask him. Just ask him and see what he says um we can ask him about our kids we can ask him for stuff with our job money our emotional state like anything church anything 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 we can ask him and he wants to know and he wants to help like get the mercy ask for the help um But the absolute game changer for me in the last 10 years has been learning to ask Holy Spirit to help me in my relationship with God. That has been the single most important thing that I've asked him about because it's changed my life. So when I come into worship, so if I'm at home and I'm like super tired because my kids do not sleep. It's awful, and uh, I just want to have a little nap. But I really actually want to hang out with him. I'll always, always be like, Holy Spirit, can you help me concentrate in worship? Can you take me right into the presence of God really quick? And can you speak to me? I'm asking that all the time, and it works because I'm asking him for help, and He wants to help me. Um, or I'll say, Please, can you show me something about Jesus? Or show me how you feel about me? Or Show me what you think about this situation over here. Um, so part of what he's asked me to do with my life as a whole is to pray for Stockton and the church. So we spend a lot of time doing that. And sometimes, you know how, like, when you're praying for church, straight away you just see all the really bad things? <laughs> um, and it can get a bit, like, depressing when you're praying for the church as a whole in Stockton. Um, Or just for your church. Sometimes you can straight away see things which you wish were different or things that struggle or whatever. And I remember feeling a bit overwhelmed. And he showed me this really beautiful picture of him waiting at the front of the church at the wedding. You know, Jesus says, we're his bride, aren't we? The church. And the bride appeared at the, front of, at the top of the aisle. And she was really bedraggled and looked a total <laughs> mess. I was like, yes, pretty much. This is the state of the church. And I was like, well, what's going to happen? And Jesus ran up the aisle and he picked her up. And um, he carried her down because she couldn't walk. And then by the time he got to the front, she was absolutely perfect. <laughs> so now when, he's, when I'm praying for the church... Um, And I feel a bit like, oh, this is an insurmountable problem. (laughs) I just remember that picture. Do you know what I mean? And so then I pray, thank you that your bride is going to be presented perfect. Do you know what I mean? So that changes again how you pray about stuff. So ask him to show you. Ask him to show you whatever you're praying about and then pray that. Ask him for promises and pray them. Ask him for the truth about a situation and pray that. Um, it really helps. And the last thing I want to talk about is if, what happens if your prayer isn't answered. Because that happens, doesn't it? Our friend's um, friend just died this week. He was only, I think he's about 30, he died from cancer. And God had, he really felt that God had told him he was going to get healed. And he died. That's really tough, isn't it? That's really tough. He was a Christian. He really believed God had told him he was going to get healed, and he didn't. He died. I mean, healed in a completely different way. He's super happy. But it wasn't what he felt God had said to him. So what do you do? That's really hard, isn't it? Um, And what we have to do is talk to him about it, which, again, is really difficult to do when we feel let down, isn't it? But ask for his perspective. Ask for his help. And I felt like he just wanted me to read these two verses. So if that's you, if you feel like he hasn't heard your prayer... Or he hasn't answered your prayer and you just don't know what's going on. I just felt like you want me to read these two verses. It's not an answer to why he hasn't answered, but I felt like he wanted me to, to say it. This first one's from Psalm 102. He says, he will respond to the prayer of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. From Isaiah 49. It's from the message version. But Zion said, I don't get it. God has left me. He has forgotten I even exist. Can a mother forget the infant at her breast, walk away from the baby she bore? But even if mothers forget, I'd never forget you. Never. Look, I've written your names on the backs of my hands. So whatever's happening, whatever prayer hasn't been answered, he has not forgotten you. He he couldn't ever forget you. And he's not left you. Um, So just um, hold on to that in the midst of whatever is hard. So I'm just going to pray for us. Is that all right? Um, I don't know what you normally do with response and stuff. I'll just pray. And if you'd like to get prayed for, I'd love to pray for you afterwards. I'll just hang around on here. Um, Okay. Okay, Holy Spirit, thank you that you love to help us. Thank you that you just want to show us Jesus and the Father. I just pray for each one of us here that you'd show us how much Jesus and the Father love us. Would you show us how loved we are, how accepted we are. And those scriptures I read from Hebrews about there being no barrier. Would you help that truth go from our heads to our hearts? That we genuinely know we're in an open space with you with nothing between us. Holy Spirit, would you really plant that inside of us? And I pray next time we come to read the Bible or talk to you, Holy Spirit, would you rise up within us and just remind us of the truth of how much you love us and how acceptable we are to you, presentable inside and out. And would you help us um, receive the mercy, ask for the help that you're offering us every day? Thank you for how you love us. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood has made the way totally open for us. Thank you we don't have to make any sacrifices to be acceptable to you. Amen.